Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. Welcome back to VM Nation. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. They say don't ever meet your heroes. Well, that's bullshit. Um, I met Dennis four years ago at, at, at Mick, Mick DC, and he's been a mentor and a friend of mine ever since. Without him, I wouldn't be doing the business that I'm doing today. He is the Swiss army knife of social media. He's the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be. Dennis, brother, welcome to the show. Awesome, Richard. With a compliment like that, how do you top that? Bro, you have meant so much to me. I think when I was sitting in the in the conference room at McDC, and I, was, I must have wrote down at least eight pages of notes on a yellow pad just from the one talk that you, that you gave on your, 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 the way you do things, and how you actually are social on social media. And I want to I want to hit on all that. But first of all, first question is, what is your definition of resiliency? Resiliency is when you can find another way to achieve your goal. You know, you are firm with your goals, but you're flexible in your ability to achieve them. And I think of resiliency is like a rubber band where, you know, entrepreneurship is not what we plan it to be, right? You make a plan and things adjust, you know, disasters happen, new opportunities come up and this rubber band is stretching. And when you stretch the rubber band too many times, sometimes it'll just snap, right? It just gets, gets feeble. And I think resiliency and grit are very closely related. And those of us that have been through some hard times and we've suffered and like me, I just turned 49 a couple days ago. And, and you're looking the best I've ever seen you look. <laughs> I feel like I have more energy than the 25-year-old Dennis, but I'm also wiser. I have a lot more experience. I'm a lot smarter. I've made these mistakes enough times to teach me some wisdom. And you're also dunking basketball, so that's a good thing, too. <laughs> yeah, so, these kids you know, say, this 30-year-old dunked on you. Exactly. I'm a lot older than that. <laughs> you know, you could be like the new, the new Kevin Garnett, just dunking on people. So yeah. now let me let me ask you, let's go get a quick down and dirty about where you come from, because you've had some amazing opportunities in your past and and you were on the ground level on a lot of big companies. So talk about your, your coming up and and how you became the force that you are today. So I'm a Chinese math guy and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time when Yahoo started. I was one of the first people there. And as a search engine engineer, I had a view that's different than most people when it comes to SEO from the standpoint of protecting the results for the search engine. And just because of that and speaking at conferences, because I was one of the few geeks that would speak because other engineers kind of were afraid as the stereotype would be. And that just built me a good reputation. And I was very lucky to continue to get invited to speak back at these other places. So I've just done that 800 plus times in the last 30 years. So how did you get, because we first met at the Military Influencer Conference right. in D.C. How did you get involved with the, with the Military Influence Conference? I want to say that Heather Dobson made a strong recommendation. Heather's super well-known in the vet community. She ran social media, GoDaddy. And she said, Cortez, you need to have Dennis there to teach Dollar a Day to help veterans with entrepreneurship, kind of like you did with your eight pages of notes. And any opportunity I have to share I'd love to be able to see other entrepreneurs thrive. I also hate scammers and people that are trying to sell services that aren't legit. And that fuels me as well. 
And and of course, you got an amazing Facebook group, and we'll talk about that that in a little bit also. So, but okay, so let's let's just hop let's hop into it because either everybody I see right now is either an SEO guy, or he's a um, IT guy, or he's also um, an AI guy. It seems like everybody that was doing crypto last year is all of a sudden an AI guy or an SEO guy. Or am I yeah. am I the only one that's seeing this? You know, it's like every year there's a new weight loss scam and all the people who are fat fall for it. And it's the same thing in digital marketing where you have good people, small business owners, they're trying to start their thing. And all these people are just self-declaring, right? I'm getting on a flight tomorrow to Dubai and you know that pilot is certified. You know, they'd go to flight school. There's no certification in digital marketing. There's certification for fixing toilets. You've got to have a license to cut people's hair in America. So I believe there should be a certification for digital marketing, clear standards, not necessarily like government bureaucracy stuff, but because there's no standard, anybody can declare that they're an expert and just sell services to people who trust that these folks are good. And I'm on the inside. I teach thousands of agencies and they basically have this mindset that, you know what, if you can just sell and promise whatever to collect that person's money, they don't really know. So you can sell SEO. You can sell social media. You can sell on the promise that they're going to be famous. And that's just a, it's a lie, basically. Well, even like I, when I, I cornered you in D.C. And I, and I was like, give me the shortcuts. And you're like, there are no shortcuts. There, there are ways to put, prevent put in yeah, the pain. There's, there's not a, I think of it less as shortcuts and more as like avoiding these disastrous kinds of mistakes. And if you follow our techniques, it's the closest thing there is to a shortcut. It's not actually hard to win in digital marketing. What's hard to do is deliver the actual product and service and have a good reputation and clients to talk about you. If you have that in your business, digital marketing is an amplifier. And that's what everyone gets wrong. They think that you know Facebook ads or SEO is going to solve a strategy problem, as in you don't have a business. You're not clear on who your customer base is. You don't have good operations. You don't fulfill upon the product or service that you offer. Digital marketing can't solve a strategy problem. Okay, so then let's just get down in the nitty gritty because when I first started the podcast five years ago, um, I had no idea what SEO was. Mm -hmm. So what is actual, what is the definition of SEO? SEO is search engine optimization and it's ranking in Google, ideally for keywords that you want. It's the result of doing a certain number of things. So you don't do SEO any more than you would do weight loss. So, you know, I've lost 51 pounds in the last 10 months, yeah. but did I do SEO? Can I hire someone, Richard, to lose weight for me? No. But they're an expert in weight loss. I can just pay them $2,000 a month and then they'll just lose weight for me, right? I wish that was the case. I mean, well, why not? I mean, I can pay someone to do SEO and they'll do SEO for me, right? Just because people want the result. They want the result of ranking on search engines. So for the thing they sell, they're ranking in the top three positions. And yes, everyone wants that. So that's why people out there who are salespeople are selling the thing that people want. Unfortunately, it cannot be purchased. Integrity can't be purchased by definitions, like the exact opposite. If you're buying it, it's not integrity. The result is SEO. What you do, which is what you can hire someone, is to 
work on your content, to build your website, to run ads, to do whatever. But the ingredients in SEO are your relationships and content that you have. So making videos like Vertical Momentum and the Resiliency, this podcasting for veterans, that's making content with relationships of people that are trusted. All the other people that Mike DC and the people that we know in the veteran community, those relationships come from you. Now, you and I have a lot of overlap there. We have a lot of the same friends. And I see right. from looking at your podcast, like, oh, I know these guys. But can someone else stand in for you to be the podcast host? If someone's not involved with veterans and they don't know anything about entrepreneurship or SEO or whatnot, can they do that for you? Can Let's say you're a famous musician. Can someone stand in and sing for you at the concert? Can someone else, you know, be whatever, the husband to your wife and, and fill that role? No, you have to do that. So your relationships, your expertise, your content are the ingredients that you have to provide. Now, someone else can take those ingredients like a cook and run a recipe and turn that into a dish, whatever your favorite food is. Think about the ingredients. Think about the cook using the recipe. And the result is that you're ranking on Google. But if you don't have these necessary ingredients of a successful business and the brand relationships and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter who you hire. A lot of people think of PR as like some, or, or SEO is like this thing you buy on Amazon for one click with next day shipping. Like it doesn't work like that. You are well, the product, right? Yeah, but now Your product also, is with someone else. But now five years ago, you were talking about doing 60 second videos before TikTok. Well, that's when it was musically at the time. Uh, yeah. but before Instagram reels, before YouTube shorts. So you were think you were forward thinking ahead, and now 60 second videos are like video is king. Yeah. And I think somebody should listen to you five years ago and started five years ago, but that was the best time. But I think now is the second best time to start. I've been saying the same thing for 20 plus years. Almost nothing has changed. I mean, now there's TikTok, which is like the new Facebook and people are saying the same things they did about Facebook when it first started as TikTok is now. And for me, it's just Groundhog Day every day. Everything just keeps repeating itself over and over again. There's a new tool. It's like different clowns, same circus. And if you guys resonate with that, I'd love to hear, like, what do you think about that? It's, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of like the latest thing. I'm a fan of something that works and just continuing to do that. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm getting old and, you know, old dogs don't learn new tricks. But for me, digital marketing has never changed. So, but now you see a lot of people that did move over to um, TikTok and, and yeah. YouTube shorts. So that means there should be a lot more opportunity still in Facebook because a lot of people did move over. So I don't, I don't view it as, as channel arbitrage. I mean, yes, YouTube is, is getting bigger and a lot of people are spending time there and on TikTok, and people are bemoaning the death of Facebook, but Facebook stock just went up like crazy because they announced how much growth they had. Anyway, I don't care about that. Oh, well, Elon Musk is changing Twitter to X and putting in crypto. Like I don't care. All that matters is the relationships and the content and where you publish it. That changes all the time, but that's just a tactical adjustment, right? What, what we're doing, we're still build, building relationships. We still have our same straight. We still, like my buddy Jeff Lambert runs Greasy's Garage, which it, he sells a yep. product, you know, yep. with, with soap for people who like get grease on their fingers. And every product he sells, he makes, he, you know, sell, uh, donates a flag. Like that product 
and those stories and the cars that he's working on these cool antique cars. I don't know how people like fix these cars. It's just beyond me how they can take this thing that's all rusted and make it all nice looking later. But, but that will never change. Now his tactics will change. And maybe in five years from now, there's some new social network that nobody had ever heard of. But if your strategy is solid, that's never going to change. Who you are is never going to change in a good way. So digital marketing is there just to amplify that. So if he's making one minute videos about, hey, I'm working on restoring this old Ford or whatever it is, and here's a friend of mine, we're having lunch, or here's a story about my dad, or that's never going to change. So people keep distinguishing, they, they keep like mixing, it's like oil and water. They mix their stories, these ingredients, goals, content, and targeting. That's what it is. It's called your strategy with these technical AI, cool new tools, SEO, all this witchcrafts, you know, like weird, sophisticated, puzzling mystery stuff. The, why, and the people who are selling tools and selling services would have you believe that you need to hire them because they're so expert and you and I could never understand this voodoo. So I've been exposing these other people by doing SEO audits, by looking inside people's ad campaigns, by looking at what's been done and auditing their SEO, which we can do in 10 seconds. You know, I was at a, a friend who owns a plumbing company, Pure Plumbing, Andy Aranda, yesterday. I went straight to the airport or from the airport to his place, didn't even go home to shower. And he had paid some other agency $100,000 a month for doing all this magical stuff. And this guy, you know, he does he's an actual plumber. So he fixes drains and pipes and toilets and things like that. He doesn't know. He thinks he doesn't know anything about SEO, but it's really his relationships and his technicians that go around in the vans and they collect stories and they talk about, you know, if your air conditioner is making this rattling noise, what could it be? Or, you know, that that's expertise that someone who does SEO doesn't know because they don't have the experience in fixing HVAC and plumbing and that kind of stuff. You see? So this is where this fundamental confusion comes from in that you as an entrepreneur have that expertise, you have that knowledge, you have those customers. Someone can help you gather the content and edit the content and whatever, but no one can do SEO. No one can ethically sell SEO. I've been saying this for 30 years. But, you know, like I said, when you told me the dollar a day strategy, I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm like, there's no way... A dollar a day and 60 second videos can take me to the next level. So I put it to the test and I've been doing it for the last five years. And I think you're exactly right. Facebook tells you they they want to get your, they tell you who you can get in front of Aunt May in whatever town you want to be, whatever town you live in. Yeah. He, they let you hyper focus on whatever your target market is. For mm -hmm. less than, a, I mean, a dollar a day. Dollar I a day. I see all these people that are saying, all right, you know, I, I'm going to charge 10000 a month. I'm like, scratching yeah. my head. I'm going, but wait a minute. That's that's not what Dennis says. And I say it all the time. I'm like, that's not what, that's not what's happening in real life. If you're, if you actually take the time to sit down, play with it and learn it. Because it's not that hard. If a low tech redneck like me can figure it out, anybody can figure it out, right? So you've done it on four clients and you've had results that drive great engagement and have driven sales. And yeah, I would and argue I've done it with my podcast. I mean, yeah. not using what you're taught me, we're all, almost at a million downloads. A million. Wow. So if your so, content you, sucked, Richard, if your guests sucked, if your podcast sucked, do you think dollar a day would work? No, because people would just 
they'd be swiping even quicker. Because it's dollar, dollar day simply an amplifier, right? If something's working well, then you're letting the algorithm find other people that would enjoy your content, other people that would buy your products and services. That's fundamentally what dollar a day is. Letting the algorithm do the work for you if you already have something that's working. But also I see that because I'm, I'm going back through all my old Gary V books and studying them all again when I do my walk in the morning. And a lot of people are, are fighting against the algorithms. A lot of them don't know what the algorithms actually want. Like a lot of people, I talked to a gentleman that was doing some of the back stuff from, from um, Instagram yeah. and everything in Instagram is going towards video. If you put a static photo up there, you're not, you're not going to get much. So I think when people need to learn to work with the algorithm instead of fighting it because each, each yeah. platform has its own different organic thing, right? That's true, but they're all moving towards short video that's in the 22-second range up to a minute. YouTube can go, go a lot longer, but even you know, YouTube Shorts is the same thing. It's just their version. Google's trying to build a social network that has short-form video content, you know, like an Instagram reel or a TikTok. But any of this talk, like I get hit up 10 times a day from other people saying, hey, the algorithm just changed on Facebook or this one thing happened on Twitter. Like, that's all noise. If you stay and we have this, this thing we call the content factory, which is four stages. If you stay in that first box, which is where you should be, where you're creating content based on relationships, credibility, you're showing clearly that you've, you're a legit person and you deliver good quality, then everything else from that is just simply checking boxes and pressing buttons. And it's something a VA, some international person making $500 a month in Pakistan or whatever can do for you if all those items are true in box number one. So I'm not worried about, oh, but now people are leaving Facebook and they're going to TikTok and, you know, I need to get email this going on. There's this new tool, this AI tool that does all these cool, crazy things. Don't get caught up in that. Right? There's been a new flavor every year for the last 30 years. And every time they say the same thing. But you, in particular, you, you do you do stuff differently. Every time I go into my sock drawer, I see my face. <laughs> Every time I go out, I wear the socks with my face on that you sent me. And you're in my thoughts at least three or four times a week. Isn't you that awesome, things, though? And but you do things like but Steve it's content relationships, right? I, I could have sent you a GIF. I could have used MidJourney, which is an AI tool that generates images to, to do that. But instead, I sent you a physical pair of socks with your face on it. I didn't send you a pair of socks with my face on it. I was honoring you, right? In a respectful kind of way. And it wasn't because I was trying to be unique or creative. But it just goes back to things that I've been doing for years and years. All of us, we, we, everything, if we go back to the heart of the thing that drives us, it's like, yes, there's like mission. Yes, there's tools. Yes, there's all this other stuff. But the core of our businesses is what we truly believe in that's reflected in content and relationships. And this was true before there even was the internet. And this is what we're doing now. I could send you socks and like the whole thing that's in your sock drawer and all that. That's an idea that predates the internet. We just happen to have a lot of internet tools that help us process this faster. We have an army of 500 virtual assistants. It's close to a million dollars a month on all this, right? Just on the socks. But it's, it's not because of the technology. It's because we, like you getting a pair of socks with your face is me saying, I care about you. It's not a gimmick, right? 
No, it's not. And every time I see him, I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to just message Dan to see how he's doing today. You know, and, and I think that's, it's like Steve Sims. He does the same thing. If yeah. if he goes out to, for a restaurant and he sees some, something cool at the hotel, he'll just write a quick note on hotel stationery saying, hey, yeah. wish you were here thinking about you and send it off. Yeah. yeah. And people keep so that stuff. That. Yeah. You know, pe- people love that. And it, it, it makes social pe- people be social on social media and off social media. And I'm realizing the more people that are on social media, the less social they've become. Yeah. Because they're you know, trying like to be influencers. Taught, yeah, and like you taught me the whole Facebook birthday thing. Yeah. I've been using that for the last five years to wish my friends happy birthdays. And I can't believe how much it just keeps it, the algorithm going just by sending a message saying happy birthday. So talk yeah. a little bit about that because I never heard that until you told me about that whole birthday thing on Facebook. Okay, so it was my birthday three days ago. And I turned 49 and I got hundreds of people posting happy birthday, Dennis, and blah, 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 which is great. And everyone gets inundated. Usually the rule of thumb is 10% of your friend base will do that. So if you have 2000 friends, you'll probably get, you know, 200 people wishing you happy birthday. And just for fun, I changed my birthday on Facebook because, you know, just like people change their thing from married to whatever. It's just a status on any social network. You can like say whatever you can say. You're an attorney. You can say whatever. It's not like they verify that. And I forgot, like maybe I said it was like, I don't know, whatever the date was. But when that date came around, I got hundreds of people wishing me happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. My actual birthday is October 6th. Right. And it just showed me that most people were just doing it mindlessly because it's an easy way to check a box and show that you care. But the people that truly cared, we had my birthday dinner last night at a Brazilian barbecue where they slice the meat. It shoots amazing. Oh my god, I love Brazilian meat. I love coming at you, red card, blue. You know, they just like the green card, and they keep slicing meat at you. And it was great. And we had an intimate dinner. And these are real friends, not Facebook friends, but real friends of mine, and real friends that were texting me, and real friends that called me. And this, and I think people in the age of social media where everything's so fake, especially now, all this AI generated stuff. People long for real. And I think real is like me sending you a pair of socks or us having dinner together or us spending quality time together. The reason I fly around so much is because I want to meet people in person. So my mentor 30 some years ago was the CEO of American Airlines. And this is right when the internet was starting. And he asked me to build the website because he had the vision to think, you know what? Even though he's an old man, he sees that the internet's going you, now, of course, today it sounds ridiculous because of course the internet's a big deal. But back then you and I remember like people weren't really sure what this thing was. Like, why are you dialing up? Like you're interrupting. I'm trying to make a phone call. And then you went on yeah. the internet. And so I said, yeah, but isn't that going to hurt the airline? Because now all these people can have phone calls or video conferencing or on zoom. They're not going to want to fly anymore. Right? So we're in trouble as the airline. Right? And he said, no, no, no. The internet's going to help us because when that friend of yours takes that trip to Rome and takes a picture in front of, you know, the whatever the Coliseum or something, then their friends are wanna they're gonna want to go visit. And when you build relationships, you want to go visit. So my buddy Munawar Abadullah, he runs a real estate, he's one of the biggest players in real estate. I've known him forever, and we're meeting in person. I'm flying my butt out to Dubai to see him. In person, even though we were just on a Zoom call yesterday, right? 
So I think people think that the internet is some kind of shortcut or social media because like I have a million followers on Facebook, yeah. but that doesn't count. What counts are the actual relationships. I look at the most successful people. They meet people in person like you and I did, and then they engage, they continue the relationship through digital. The noobs, the amateurs, they meet people on social media and they hope to eventually meet them in person. But the most successful people do it the other way. And so the, I just view social media, back to the key point, as an extension of what you already have. You're multiplying the relationships and content you already have. Well, that, that makes that does make a lot of sense because most a lot of my friends that I'm on, I I'll like you said, I'll I'll go to South Carolina, we'll go have lunch together, we'll chill out. But because then it's it's real. But I've also have people that I've met online that I know that if I call Mark Dudek or if I call Kurt Ballish and I need help, they're gonna be in their trucks, they're on their way. They got my back. So I think right. you can build real relationships as long as you're vulnerable. And like my dad said, in order to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's literally that simple. So this, this conversation can feel a little esoteric or personal branding ish or whatever, because people are looking for this technical shortcut. But what we're talking about here, these, these relationships and these moments, these are the real ingredients. If you have them, then all the techniques that we teach, like making one minute videos that demonstrate that relationship that demonstrate what you do, that demonstrate your expertise, dollar a day to amplify those one minute videos across Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and whatever, all becomes easy. And then it drives more people in of the right people because they see your knowledge, they see your relationships, it builds trust, that drives sales. It's not because you're a really good copywriter. It's not because you're optimizing the landing page and have a green button instead of a red button. Or it's not because of any of those things. It's not because of all this technical, oh, I switched my CRM to HubSpot away from whatever. Like, it's not that at all. It's always back to the core ingredients. Ironically, all the influx of all these cool AI tools has made it so that it's even more important to have those good ingredients. I've interviewed the top people in AI in the last year, Robert Scoble, Charlene Lee, Jeremiah Oyang, like all these are the top people in AI that have the top technical expertise. And you know what they said? Because I said, like, where's AI going and what's the future and all that? And they said, the success is going to those people who are the most human, ironically. Because if you have that, the necessary ingredients, the AI is a multiplier. Just like anytime there's a shift to the economy, the rich get richer, right? And, and this is the same thing. The AI is not a democratizing thing where anybody can use the AI, which is true. Like anybody can build a website. Anybody can use ChatGPT. It's free. but the, the people who are already successful are going to become more successful because the AI is a multiplier of what you already have. And, you know, I, and I, I be open and honest. I, I love chat GPT. Um, I use it as a tool. I don't use it as a crutch. I just use it as, you know, like, like a lawyer would use his assistant. Yeah. Like, a like an advisor, not assistant. to create the content, but, but to help you improve what you already have. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people, because you can, if you, it's the same person puts the same thing in the same, you know, same, same box, you're going to get the same answers. Just like if you give me a hammer, I don't, I break shit. I don't fix stuff. Yeah. But if you give a, a professional a hammer, he can build something. And I think the same thing with, with AI, if you give somebody that knows how to use it effectively 
and know how to put their own spin on it, then it'll work. But if you just have eight guys putting the same prompt in, you're going to get eight same answers from eight the same people, right? It's mindless garbage. Yeah, it's astroturfing the planet with a bunch of garbage. It starts with the ingredient of the actual relationships you have. So the people who are the most successful in SEO are the same ones who are successful in AI and the same ones who are successful in social media. It's not because there's however many billion people there are on each of these platforms. So if you start with real ingredients, then the AI can make more variations of it. So, you know, being on this podcast, I asked ChatGPT last night, I said, I'm going to be spending time with Richard Kaufman. And uh -oh. you know, we're going to... And what you know about, you know, what, what do you know about Richard Kaufman and what do you know about me and what do you think are good things that we should talk about? So I'm not asking it to generate content, which is what everyone else is doing. And there's nothing wrong with generating content, but I'm using these AI tools more for advisory to say like, okay, we'll talk about this and this, but what, what angles do you think I'm missing? Or where do you think people might get confused? And it'll make a recommendation. Then they'll say, okay, explain your rationale for why you chose number three there, right? So I'm asking, this kind of thinking intelligence is called active listening or empathy. And so that's the key to digital and SEO now. Because the AIs are so smart, they can beat you in chess. They can auto-generate. I mean, they, they make stuff so real looking. You can't even tell if it's, you know, me or the actual celebrity who's singing or Donald Trump said it or not. You don't know, right? So the, the true use of AI by the people who are successful is using it as to help me think better. And, and so this conversation, not it's not a magic prompt. If I say the five magic words to the AI, it will unlock the universe to me. No. It's, it, it says something, and then you thoughtfully reply back to it saying like, hmm, that's cool, but what if we made it this way? And why did you say it, the, you know, why did you recommend what you did? And no, I don't really like what you said there. I think that's too flowery. Can you make it more like in the way I would say it? But if it doesn't know about you, like it, if you go into ChatGPT and say, who's, who is Dennis You, right, this whole thing. Go, go into Google. Google me. You'll see like all this stuff pop up, right? I believe if you're an entrepreneur, you're a veteran, whatnot, you've got a lot of stories. If I Google your name and I don't see you have a website and I don't see you have a YouTube and a Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, then you're already lost as I'm as far as I'm concerned when it comes to being an entrepreneur trying to sell products and services. Yeah, my, and, and from because of you, I think we're on the first seven pages of, of Google because of you. So if anybody Googles Virgo Momentum, you're going to see the first seven pages. That's us. And it's yeah. all because of that guy. Uh, but, and you, you see know, all the guests that are there, right? It's like, wow, this, this is pretty legit. But now, like, when you're hanging Sims, out with. But when Stephen Sims came, Steve Sims came on, he said he had somebody ghostwrite his book. Yeah. And his wife started to read it. And she says, You can't put this out. He's like, Why not? He's like, Because it's not you. It doesn't yeah. sound like Steve Sims. Like, if I yeah. put something in the chat GPT, and if it comes out with all these long and big words, people are going to know that's not him, you know? Yeah. So I see that all the time. I'm like, there's a lot of people that they put this stuff in a chat BT and, and they put it on their post. And I'm like, I know yeah. he didn't come up with that. It, I think know? it's actually pretty close for me though. If you say, Hey, you know, pretend you're Dennis, you, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. We're going to have this mock podcast or mock interview. The answers will be pretty close because yeah. it knows it. It has seen and read hundreds of articles and videos and video or you know, books and things that I've written. So it knows. But if it doesn't know who you are, what you do is say, okay, I'm going to paste in 
a few transcripts or a few pieces of content for me and my bio so that you can know who I am. I'm Richard Kaufman. Now I want you to be able to answer like Richard Kaufman, and it will. So in that case, okay. you're not prompting it. You're not giving it proper context is what I'm saying. So it can and definitely write in I... anyone's voice or style. If it doesn't know who you are, then you have to literally paste in some items saying, here, let me show you my style. Let me show you what I talk about. Let me show you, you know, what, and, and they, it, it, if it, you know, it's based on the ingredients. If you don't put in the right ingredients, it can't generate the thing that you want. So if you literally ask it, hey, I'm writing a book about this topic and, you know, generate an outline, now generate the chapters. It'll do all of that, but it doesn't know your tone. It doesn't have the context. It doesn't know what you talk about. It doesn't have your stories. It, like I'm uploading photos and videos of myself. I've uploaded, I think, 40,000 pictures and videos to a couple of different AIs, to Amazon, to Google, to Apple, which has got their AI they're working on. You know they're doing that. Yeah. To all these other places because I want it to know what I think about, what my mission is. I'm, I'm here to create a million jobs, right? Certifications through digital marketing. So the AI knows about that. Ask the AI, what is, why is Dennis Yu trying to create a million jobs? What's that all about? Right. And it, it, it'll answer you. But I also think you have to put in the reps with chat GPT. Like the first day it came out is the day I got it. Yeah. And now when I put my prompts in, it knows who I am. So now it comes it's out nice. with the stuff that, but I think if you're, if you're just a newbie, like you said, you have to start putting in the reps. You got to start putting in the work and, and it's going to take work like anything else to be successful. You know, AI is like you said, it's not going to do it for you. You got to put in the work ahead of time. Right. But my friends who are successful entrepreneurs, Richard, they're succeeding with AI, you know, Bard and ChatGPT and whatever they're succeeding on day one because they already know how to talk empathetically. So I find if you're a good podcast host, you're also going to be good at talking to ChatGPT for the same reason. It's not the kind of thing where you have to put in a ton of reps. Like I get that, like going to the gym or learning a new skill, you know, at first you suck and all, like I get that analogy, but I think with ChatGPT, you can win immediately if you have the ability to practice active listening, which is thoughtfully replying and giving context along the way. Like a great podcast host is always asking thoughtful follow-up questions based on what the other guy just said, right? Hopefully. I mean, that's one yeah. thing I love about Melter, David Melter, he said, and I was mad at him. You got to see one. I had him on and I was so pissed off when I got off the line with him because he Why? said, he oh. said, Richard is more interested than interesting. And I was so mad. I was better uh, than a hornet. And I texted him like, what's all about? All about what's that all about? And he's like, I want you to go research that, that quote. And then it was a quote about Mr. Dan Rather saying that he was the greatest because he was more interested and interesting. I was like, okay, yeah. now, now I get what you say. So I, Which I get is active listening. About. That, that's yeah. caring about them. Like you'll see 90, if you see like I'm super prolific and posting content, 90% of it, I'm uplifting other people. I view it. This is my opportunity to learn from them, to hear about something I don't know anything about. Like yesterday, my buddy who runs a $13 million plumbing company here in Las Vegas, I don't know anything about plumbing. So I'm sitting there learning from him. Meanwhile, he's learning from me about digital marketing, right? But one thing so I love about you is like yesterday, I, I, you were taking pictures with your friend, but you were plugging or talking about his business. Yeah. You weren't talking about your business. Yeah. And that's the irony. If you want to sell more, uplift 
who the people are in your network. Talk about them. If you're a douchebag, talk about yourself all day long, and people know that you're obviously trying to sell. So kind of like the thing that Meltzer told you, I'll give you a similar quote. People don't like to be sold to, but they love to buy. Yeah. Why is that? What does that mean? You could ask ChatGPT to explain it to you, but you know what does that mean? Well, I mean, if you like, like when I was with GNC for over thirty years, and when people came in, I wasn't trying to sell them anything. I was just like, you know, because a lot of people would come in. You know, when you walk into GNC, everybody's like, "Oh my God, here we go! Welcome to GNC. How can I help you?" Right. And I'm just like, "Hey, bro, how's your day going? You know, what products do you use?" What do you like? What don't you like? And that's yeah. it. And you're going to yeah. talk to me because I, first of all, I didn't ask you an open-ended question. I didn't right. ask you how you, you know, what can I help you with today? I, you know, I, I actually conversate and it, I like to shop where I'm feel comfortable. Like I'm a guitar player. I like to go to uh, certain guitar places because I could sit down and I can play and I can enjoy the people that work there. They come sit yeah. down, they play together. That's what I like about, shopping and i realize people buy from people that they like and trust yeah and to show that they're that when someone's interested in you you're going to be interested in them i got called twice in the airport yesterday when i was in like curacao or, or, or bogota or whatever and it was some sales guy who went on and on about his his company and how he's going to help me and whatnot and i said you haven't even spent three minutes or even one minute researching our company or anything like you haven't even shown interest in what we do because you're so busy trying to drive a sale of your software or selling us whatever thing you're trying to sell us, which is a huge turnoff. I think if most people who are, it's the irony, if, if you're actually interested in driving sales, I mean, of course I want to drive sales, but show that you're interested first and then people love to give you money. Cause it's not because I have great technique and manipulating people into how to close them and saying the right phrases to create fear and uncertainty. So they buy now think of it more as we're emergency room surgeons. People are coming into the hospital. They're bleeding and I don't need to tell them they're in pain. They're dying. They want help, but they want help from someone who cares about their situation instead of like selling everyone the same surgery. You imagine you came to the emergency room and I said, Richard, uh, I don't really care what condition you have, but right now we're selling liver transplants for half off. What do you say? Yeah. Then you're like, well, wait a minute. You know what? If you buy <laughs> now, I'll also yeah. give you a heart surgery for half off. What do you say? You know, buy one, get one free. <laughs> if we botch the first one, we'll give you another one for free. And you didn't need it to begin with. Right. So when we are consultative sellers, meaning we're experts, we care first. People love to buy. That, that's the whole thing. People, you know, it's not people hate being sold to. People love to buy. So I'm constantly elevating other people that I really like. And guess what? I get more of the same thing. So Leanna Ling and I had dinner and we've hung out in different places. And I love talking about how awesome she is. I was in Austin two weeks ago with Kurt Malley. He's also a, a big Facebook advertising guy. And we're hanging out and I'm uplifting him. I'm saying nothing about me. I'm like, man, every time I go to Austin, I love to have dinner with Kurt Malley. Right, because we go to some kind of barbecue and try meat. It's amazing. And I'm uplifting him. And meanwhile, when I do that, 
guess what they're talking about? They're saying, you know, Leanna says, I joined Dennis's dollar a day coaching program and it's changed my life. And other people have been signing up just this week. I got three people signing up because Leanna made some posts saying about it. Did I give her a commission? Zero. Did I tell her to do it? Never. Well, as you know, since, I mean, I've tagged you at least 30 times because of it. And I've actually pushed the video out again to my friends because I, I, I believe I used it and I believe that it worked, but because you're a friend of mine, I'm going to promote you just because we're friends. We're family and yeah. families. And take I didn't care pay you to do that. And if it's, if I ask you for a testimonial, that's just, it has this like scummy feel to it. That it's a testimonial. It's like, you're being forced to say these words and people can tell. Yeah. So, okay. Now hypothetical Joe Snuffy just gets, gets out of the army 45-year-old male, father of three, veteran, brand-new business owner, 2023, I think today's October 11th. What would be some piece of advice you would give him before he even hung up his uh, hung up his uh, shield and started his business? What's the number one thing where you're creating the most value? And this is not my question. This is Naveen Jain told me this. He's a billionaire, and I have other friends that have said the same. I always have to look at the credibility of who's giving the advice. Have they? Do they actually yep. practice what we preach? So – this Joe Schmo guy, where can he create the most value? What is it that you do? Is it a service? Is it a product that you have? It's not, you know, maybe you have an idea. That's great. But where have you actually created some kind of value where you have someone who's paying money for that? And then can you do that repeatedly? Can you do that for 10 different people that are willing to pay you? Can you do it for thousands of people? And what's the bottleneck there? Is it manufacturing? Is it you need a loan for equipment? Is it that you need to hire people? Is it like, what is the thing that's bottlenecking you from creating more value? It's, not, it's all about creating more value. When you create more value, that then, and people are happy, that gives them the signal that you need to then start marketing. Because then you're making one-minute videos against something that's legitimate, not some idea that you had, but you're actually elevating your customers on their success and talking about their story. You start a podcast to interview these customers. You turn it into a book. That's where this book came from, right? It's interviews of the top people who are the most successful on TikTok, which are also the same Facebook sorts of people, right? And, and so now you've, you've, you've got this amazing loop where – you have, this is before the internet. This is called word of mouth, right? Or PR or now it's social media, influencer marketing, whatever the latest thing is. It's, it's all, it's the same thing, but under a different word, right? Then, and only then can you spend money on ads. So Facebook ads, Twitter ads, Google ads, all that stuff. When you have a happy customer, happy customer first. Don't spend money on ads and your website and wasting time on your logo and, you know, all the, what, what exactly should I call the name of my thing? Like, it's a huge waste of time. Generate a, a couple sales through a happy customer and all your marketing comes from interviewing and uplifting those customers and you never talk about what you do. It's like a fight club thing. You just talk about them and when they feel like it, they're going to talk about you. And when they do talk about you, like you mentioned, Richard, it comes off so authentically, so powerfully. You could never get that in some, you know, it's like you see these like forced confessions that you can tell that's not real. People see right through that. So I put all this stuff out here because I want people 
like you, Richard, to implement dollar a day and see for themselves. And now that you've done it and you've seen success and you're helping other people and you've made 30 posts about this, you are now this advocate yeah. because not because I'm paying you some 10% commission, I'm paying you zero, but because you believe in it. And I promote a lot of companies and products that I have no ownership in. Like this cocoon oxygen water, I drink a bottle list every day. I've done the research on it. I put flavoring in it because I don't like the taste of water by itself. But I'm not being paid. I have no ownership, but I talk about it because I believe in it. I've seen the impact on my body and I'm younger. I'm 49. I, I have more energy than 20 year olds. Well, I know. Right? also know that you go to oxygen bars and you do that stuff too. And when yeah, you're there. Which, which is also the same brand. It's also this cocoon brand. Yeah. Right. I take the bath. I drink the water. I do the hyperbaric chamber. I do, I do the whole thing. Yeah. And you, and yeah. so you're, you're, you're actually, you know, because you build, you're building a relationship. And if, if you like a product, no matter, like I love monster, monster energy. I have, yeah. they don't pay me, but I always talk about them because I love their products. Yeah. So I think if you love something, you're, you know, you don't mind saying, yeah, I, I drink monster energy and I, I like yeah. it. Yeah, because you're proud of it. You might even pay money to buy a T-shirt to advertise for them. Yeah. What do you think Nike does, right? People are spending money so they can have the Nike logo here or polo or whatever. Like that's, I think fashion is like the ultimate there. People believe in it so much. They, they pay money to advertise. That blows my mind. True. So now where do you see what's going on in, in for the last quarter of, um, in social media and also in advertising. And I had a question asked because I remember I asked it the last time and I had so many people were like, wait a minute, should I boost a post? Should I do an ad? And what is the difference? So can you break that down Barney style? Boosting a post is that blue button you see when you make a post. And if you go to your profile and click on the three dots and scroll down, you can turn on professional mode which is relatively new, which now allows you to boost posts on your profile. This wasn't possible yeah. before. Yeah. Now you can make any kind of post. <clears throat> it could be about your product or service. It could be honoring a customer, ideally a video, like one minute video that performs better than any other kind of content. And now you can boost it to, you can literally choose the default option, which is boost it to people who are similar to my audience, right? And the system will start to learn if you don't have much traction or if, if your Facebook is mainly like friends and family and your business is like this other thing that you're just starting, then it takes a little bit of time to learn. But people who are engaging on that content, who are watching the video all the way through, that's a pretty good signal to Facebook that that's relevant content. And that person who decided to stay and watch for a minute, like they're clearly interested, right? They didn't just like accidentally scroll by, they stayed and they're paying attention, right? And so Facebook can use that engagement as a signal to find other people who are like those other people. So you don't have to go into this like crazy kind of targeting anymore, which is what we did 10 plus years ago. Now it's not necessary because the engagement is what your, you know, your content is drives the engagement, which then drives the targeting. So you, the, the targeting is embedded in the content itself. When you find a winner, then you just put more money, $5 a day, $10 a day, up until the limit. If you're a local business, then there's a limit of how many people live in a certain city, but Driving for engagement is the first cut to figuring out when your content works. Because if people are paying attention instead of just scrolling past you, that's a sign that you can then repurpose, meaning recombine other things that you have to then create an ad that generates a lead or a phone call or a sale or people coming into your store or whatever the, the next stage is that you're trying to get them to do. So ads manager has 
all these different objectives at different parts of the funnel. And yes, it's more powerful, but you don't always need the full caterpillar bulldozer when sometimes you just need like a little garden trowel, right? So you don't, a lot of people say, well, you should always be using business manager and ads manager instead of boosting posts. Don't boost posts because, you know, Dennis's thing is not very sophisticated and it's very sophisticated if you understand the idea of testing, right? Boosting posts is what the pros do if you have great content. If you don't make one, and Facebook even admitted this to me. I've had meetings over there in Menlo Park eating their barbecue. And they said, well, the reason we don't promote the boost post button is that most people are constantly just self-promoting and they're not making authentic videos that tell stories. So if you boost that, it's going to suck. It's not because Facebook's trying to take your money and they're jacking up the price. It's because your content sucks. Okay, like I know that because the day that we, me and you met, I actually went up into my hotel room. I actually did my, I did a whole hero's journey. Yeah. And when I got home that that next day, I I wrote a post with the hero's journey, and I put a picture with my daughter, me holding my baby daughter, and I know that if I put that on my, if I boost that one post, it's gonna get a hundred, two, three hundred shares, a mm -hmm. thousand likes, just because there's something about that picture, yeah, and the hero's journey that people just they 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 love it. Yeah. So I think, you know, but it also, I think people, they just put a post out to put a post out instead of putting a post out. That's going to make somebody feel yep. something. They got to, they got to feel something. The key is that emotional connection and video is the best way to do that. That's why people watch movies instead of reading books. So then when you have that winner, then you continue to let that run for a dollar a day. Most people spend 90% of their time trying to create more content. And they don't even go back and optimize. Spend 90% of your time getting more out of something that is winning and only 10% of your time making new content. It's a quality over quantity thing. So if somebody doesn't know, okay, you say make a 60-second video, but what do they what do they make it about? What about was somebody something that happened business? about a moment in time, right? What's one moment in time that you can talk about? So you say, this one thing happened to me. Here's what I think about it. And then this is who I am. Most people have it backwards. They start with who I, oh, I'm Richard Kaufman. I got the Vertical Momentum podcast. Who cares who you are, right? First, tell me a story. Then give me the bigger meaning behind that story. And then say who you are. And you can do that easily in a minute. And it goes like this. When I was 18, I dropped out of high school. I wanted to be a professional athlete for Nike. No joke. I went to the Louvre and got this picture, a picture of myself with this statue of, of you know, Nike, the wing statue of victory. And I cut the swooshes off of all my team member shoes and pasted them on the outside of a shoe box because I wanted to show Nike that I really, really cared. I did all this research because I really wanted to work for Nike. And as this kid, I thought, you know, that would be this dream job because I didn't realize that these things were big corporations and they had shareholders and bureaucracy and things like that. And what I learned from that is that it's connections that really matter because I never got hired. My stuff got rejected because I didn't have an in. I didn't know how to build the social skills. And I believe that everyone should learn through mentorship. They should learn how to be able to tell their story. They should be able to have, you know, the apprentice kind of model where they're getting real experience on the way towards the thing where they can eventually open up their own place. I'm Dennis Yu, and my mission is to create a million jobs. And I'd love for you to join me on that journey. So you can see, I tell the story. I talk about 
the meaning behind it. And then in just one sentence, I say who I am. That's how you do it. And you're not selling anything. No. But then if you see these compelling stories, for example, tomorrow, I'm going to bring this through the airport full. This is more than three ounces. And when I get to the airport, to the other side, I'll hold it up and I'll make a quick little video saying, I just brought this gigantic thing of water through security. Normally they say, sir, you have to throw that away because it's three ounces or less. And I'll say it's medicinal and it's oxygen water. And this is something that I travel with and I bring it on the plane. And, and they're like, yep, you said the magic words, go ahead. And they put it in that little thing there just to like weigh it or test for bomb things. They hand it right back to you and you're on your way. And I'm just telling one story that one moment in time. I'm not extrapolating into my whole life story and trying to encapsulate everything about me. This is like what people do on a resume. They try to put like everything in there. No, I'm just telling one story about one moment in time, like a TV camera that's filming particular scene right i'm not saying well in high school i did this and this and this in college I did that and my experience is like this and like this and like that i'm just talking about what happened in one moment in time what's the deeper meaning behind it which shows my why in an authentic way because this thing happened therefore i can talk about this and then who i am most people they say yeah you gotta wake up every morning at five and do the cold plunge and blah 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 advice 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 well now you're just preaching at me you have no credibility tell me a story First time I got in a cold plunge, man, it sucked so bad. My body was saying, I don't want to do this. This is the last thing I'm going to do when I wake up in the morning and I'm tired. But man, my energy level so much higher. And when I get out, you know, I feel like I've conquered the world. And now I've done this many times. My friends are doing it. And I believe your health is so important to you that if you take care of your body like a machine, just like a car, just like your business, looking at your financials, everything fits together. I'm Dennis Yu, and I'm a fitness coach, and I would love to help you, you know, in tune your own body. So you can, you can see how story to the deeper meaning, and then you say who you are, which ties into kind of what you do. And whatever story happens, because it reflects a deeper meaning, you can always tie it back to what you do and who you are. I love it. And like I said, I, I've been doing 60-second videos since the day we met, and I still do them. I did one this morning. Telling about why I'm wearing a 34-year-old beanie hat because it was my dad's hat and he's gone cool. now. But people are like, yeah. oh, I love they're liking it. They're sharing it. Yeah. Because I, I was just telling a story. And I, yeah. you know, just telling everybody, you know, if, if you want to be remembered forever, make sure that you live a life worthy of, of being remembered. You know, what and I mean? you're honoring others, like honoring your dad. That carries just way more meaning than just talking about some other random thing or talking about your products and services. I've got to teach my weekly mastermind call in one minute from now. But it's awesome okay. spending time with you, Richard. I love you, brother. I'm so grateful for you. Thank, thank you, you for, for being a living example. Thank you for everything you've ever done for me. And I and I'll, when I wear the socks again, I'll make sure I send you pictures. <laughs> and then tag me on social media, whatever your favorite will, one, brother. probably Facebook. Yeah. I love you. Have an amazing week. Awesome. Love you, brother. Be good. All right. Talk soon. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.